Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's go to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Talk to Mr. Murphy, who I don't know if he'll be down here this weekend or not. Certainly, Bob Hold, I would expect to be in the house. Tom, how are you? Hi, guys. Y'all always crack me up, man. Your takes and all that, I, and I agree with you. I, I would rather drive a bus. You build team unity better that way, and you know, like the guys can turn around and play cars. You can move around on the bus and. You have to kind of stay strapped in on a plane, so I think I think bus is better. Yeah, I'm with you. On a trip that short, I think it makes sense. And honestly, I don't know if they flew to Tulsa last week or not, but that's even shorter. So I don't know why they wouldn't have done that if they didn't. So, anywho, uh, TV's been a big talk here in the hour, and we're reaching out to our friends at Simmons Bank Arena. I don't know how many events they do a year where if they had all their fiber run and everything like they do in Fayetteville, that it would make a difference for them. Obviously, with concerts, it's not a priority, and that's the majority. That's what I would call their bread and butter. Let's just put it that way. You know, the Eagles had a great production deal, but Fiber was not part of that because we're not broadcasting the concert. Um, do you have a deeper understanding of that, Tom? It's just come down to dollars and cents. Arkansas didn't want to write the check. Is that the deal? Um, yeah, uh, Bob had a good story on that. He talked to Hunter Yurichek. It was in today's paper, so I encourage all the listeners to go check it out, what, what Hunter said. And I thought Bob and, you know, Hunter explained it pretty good. I mean, it's a pretty good amount. You know, they have to pay for the truck to come in. They have to pay for the, you know, talent to broadcast it and all those things. And it, it comes to a pretty good amount of coin, man, for one game. So um, at some point, if, if people want – here's the thing. Are we spoiled to the point where every game has to be on TV? Yes. I, I get I get the frustration. <laughs> yes, Tom. That's exactly what we expect. It's 2022. I mean, come on, we got private companies going to the moon now. I mean, we, we certainly expect every basketball game to be on TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I don't know how much, I don't know what the total price tag would be. Right. But uh, it would be uh, whatever is in the thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars to put on the game to bring the mobile truck in and do all the things you have to do. And I'm sure there's costs and collateral stuff I don't sure. even understand and pay the talent and things like that. So. You know, I, I'm as frustrated as anybody, but you know what? The old school listening to the radio could be pretty damn fun, too. So I agree. That. That's what Wes called old school. We call it modern school around here. By golly, that's how we make our money. I want people to listen to the radio broadcast. It's a more localized version versus the, you know, SEC guys or the ESPN guys or whatever broadcast company's doing it. Even when Pat Bradley's on there, you're still going to get a little more deep insight because these are guys that live and breathe it 24-7. So, not that Pat doesn't do a phenomenal job because obviously he does. Uh, I will say at the same time that, you know, and, and it was actually a caller who, or a, I guess a, a texter that sent it in, made a great point. You know, Hunter's down there on the field. They're getting ready to storm the the field, and it's like, uh, you want us to stop him? Nah, it's cool. We'll just write the check. So we're writing checks for two hundred fifty grand for people going out on the field, and we're like, ah, we can't bite off the uh, forty grand to write to write this uh, this production ticket. So that's what frustrates people a little bit. Anyway, we're all over it. It's good. Uh, let's talk about the game itself. Arkansas has not played particularly well in Central Arkansas. You've got a lot of Central Arkansas, or at least some Central Arkansas guys on this team. Uh, I don't know if that makes that big of a difference. I'm, I mean, I'm not overly concerned with Bradley, with all due respect. It's the first time these two have ever gotten together. Um, but as far as the game itself, I guess Arkansas will uh, hopefully add another one to the win column. But it's not been real successful trips down here over the years. No, Nick Smith was very aware of that. In fact, on the Zoom you were just playing from – he said that the two games he's been there to watch the Razorbacks, they lost them both. 
Um, we didn't think a whole lot of Hofstra before last year either. True. And they did it. So, I mean, Bradley's a dangerous team. If, if you if, if you play the way they did against Greensboro, you can get beat. So, um, I think the incentive is going to be a little stronger. What does that mean? Um, you play harder, you shoot better, you're more focused. Um, I, I just think that they have to take the same kind of mentality that they brought into the Oklahoma game, that there's a lot more eyes on this game. And, you know, it's a – it's a big uh, regional rivalry game, and, and they and they brought it. Against Greensboro, uh, when I covered Alabama, Mark Gottfried used to have this term for when they played like Arkansas did against Greensboro. And it's like they're playing with their cool jackets on. Like it was more important to look cool. And I didn't think they were working hard in the half court mm. for their, their, their shot. And so it, it, it felt like, well, I'm going to keep shooting because it's going to go down eventually. Each, several guys thinking that same thing. And meanwhile, you're not working to get your best shot. So they they beat Greensboro, but they better come with a better effort uh, against Bradley. Yeah, I was reading the release from Arkansas, and they said that uh, in some, I don't know whose bracketology it is, but um, anyway, they've got Bradley as a 14 seed, so this is a tournament team in their opinion. So to your point, obviously if Arkansas plays very poorly and Bradley plays well, who knows what could happen. Uh, we're talking to Tom Murphy from the Democrat Gazette on the Brandon Moving and Storage Highland. Let's talk about football for a second if we could. Got your tight ends coach nailed down. We just heard from the strength and conditioning coach. And still looking yeah. for a D.C. You know, I saw Mississippi State, obviously, you know, horrible situation they've been in. But they make a quick move because, let's be honest, I mean, you got to get back to business uh, or you could lose a whole year or two from a recruiting standpoint with, you know, the, the early period going next week. How important do you think it is or is it for Arkansas to have a D.C. before signing day? Um, there's certainly a, a level of importance to that, and probably a pretty strong one. But Sam Pittman has to play the the, the game of this: um, who is the best fit? Who's you know who's going to keep together our, our team the best? Uh, keep our commitments on board the best? Uh, help us recruit in the future the best? Who I get along with the best? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know all the twists and turns that this search has has taken. Um, some of the early names I thought sounded pretty good, like it's Jim Leonhard. You know, Sure, he's a Big Ten kind of, kind of guy, but man, he's had some great defenses. Um, you know, you know, there's got to be guys like Derek Mason who's come across his his radar today. I wrote, you know, you when you have a, a super agent like Jimmy Sexton helping you, I think the whole playing field's available available for you, and so it's a matter of matching up philosophies, matching up salary, you know, uh, expectations, and things like that. But, I mean, Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong are co-coordinators at Miami. You know, does one of them want to just do their own thing up here? Mm-hmm. Would Charlie Strong ever want to coach in his home state? Um, so those are considerations. Uh, yeah. Bob Shoup, a guy who was at South Florida, um, who had four years ago at Mississippi State had a great defense, led the country in total defense. Um, his, he and the staff at South Florida are out. So he's a free agent uh, looking for a place. Would he fit in? I thought the guy at Maryland looked like a pretty good fit. Brian Williams, yeah. we saw reporting yesterday that um, that Arkansas has not talked to Brian Williams. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but I thought he might be a good fit. So, um, it, obviously, I'm going to the Sam Pittman press conference right now, and he's going to be asked. So, you'll have uh, audio here within an hour or so of how important the hire is, how many people he's talked to, Um does he want to have it done by signing day? We will all we know all those answers. Okay. 
We'll be following the Twitter feed here soon because it'll all be on there, I assume. That'll be good. Uh, yes? Go ahead, Wes. Tight end, Coach. Your thoughts on the uh, hire from Stanford. On paper, this looks awesome. Yeah, it really does. And it, to me, this is one of those guys that, like, Jimmy Sexton knew about this guy. You know, because I don't know if Sam Pittman has crossed paths with Morgan Turner. Or maybe he's, he, maybe he knows either North Turner or Ron Turner from way back. But, boy, his family is, is extensive. His brother is with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And his list of tight ends is extensive and it's nice that have gotten drafted into the NFL, including my boy Austin Hooper, who my daughter has his jersey. Um, and Hooper and Toilolo, both Stanford guys, were on the Falcons team that had probably the worst uh, Super Bowl loss you could imagine. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, still pains me to this day. But he's, <clears throat> he's produced, uh, helped produce a bunch of really good tight ends. So I think the name will carry cash today in recruiting. Obviously, it was important for the Arkansas for him to be in the houses of all those three tight end recruits. And for Arkansas' sake, you hope it was you know an impressive first meeting. And they keep Easter and Haas and Ham all on board. And they bring in a really strong uh, tight end class. Mm-hmm. Man, I've got to go back to something you said a minute ago about wanting people to listen to the radio. During COVID and during last year, I got into this groove of listening to the opposing team's radio. Um, and I found it fascinating what the radio guys say for instance auburn last year sunny smith and whoever the play by just whining like whining about all the plays and the calls it was incredible texas a and remember the lights went out in the closing seconds mm-hmm. they made a huge deal out of all oh, the lights just, just just gone out it's and and i i thought it was a great perspective on the other team and of course i listened to chuck and matt zimmerman a whole lot my, as well but I, I enjoy listening to the radio, too. So sorry to go off topic for a minute. No, that's good. That is a very important. I had to correct Wes earlier. I mean, this is our business. So we like broadcasting the games. And I realize watching the game with your own eyes is also very nice. But I will tell you that many times, like this Saturday, for example, I'll be driving back from my game in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I'll be listening to Chuck and Coach Z, and they describe the action well where i got a good feel for the game. I'll come back and probably watch the broadcast, too. But um, it's a great way to – and it happens a lot during football season where there's an 11 o'clock kick and I'm driving to a football game. So – um, hopefully not as many of those going forward, but you know how that works. My point is that yeah, when we listen to the radio, it's more, mainly we're, we're trying to sync it. We're, we've got the TV on, too, right. but we got the radio. We are. This is going back to old school, and there's no TV. It is you're listening in your house, not in your car. I'm talking about if you're stuck at home, you've got this on, listening to it, imagining what it looks like. It's kind of – I like it. That's the point I was going to That's the point I was gonna bring, bring up, Wes, is that what I try to do is sync them. So they're going on simultaneously. I have the TV on. I'm watching it. But I can hear Chuck and, and Z or the other team, and, and I, I enjoy that. It's fun. Yeah. Well, you just listen for the squeal, and hopefully there's a bunch of them from Coach Zimmerman this weekend. That's always good. <laughs> are you are you coming down this weekend, Tom? Bob will be covering that game. You know, I'm actually going to try to take maybe a day, maybe a couple of days off around Christmas time, um, and uh, we'll enjoy that game on the radio for sure. When are you going to Memphis? Um, you know, the team's showing up Christmas night, so I figured I'd kind of show up Christmas night, and, and uh, I think we're going to have an opportunity to talk to Sam and a couple of players upon arrival, and uh, I think that'll be my mission, to get there to, to talk to them. And bowl preparations are underway, if I read your story correctly today, right? Well, yeah, you know, the workout last uh, Saturday was probably just uh do our own thing, but I would like to think that, 
starting today, maybe tomorrow, they start doing some of the Kansas game plan. You know how it's just amazing to think back five, six years ago, the importance and all that we put on, you know, the bowl and winning the bowl. And in and, and times like now where you're trying to get portal guys, you're trying to secure your own class, you're trying to hire your assistant coaches, your coordinators, um, the, the bowl part of things just seems to get lost and devalued in a way. Um, I, I feel it even to myself. Like, um, I haven't thought a lot about how they're going to match up with Kansas. So I do hope in the next few days to start plugging into that and getting a real feel for what Kansas does and things like that. Absolutely. Well, for those of you listening to the broadcast this weekend for basketball, make sure you listen for this because this is how you know things are going well. If, if Coach Z squeals in a way that only dogs can hear, then you're in good shape. That's what you're listening for. Okay. You also pick up really good tidbits from the radio, too, inside oh, yeah. the roster kind of that you don't get mm-hmm. from TV a lot of times. Mm-hmm. When Coach Pittman, back to the Liberty Bowl, when Coach Pittman was uh, talking with the media over there, you know, he had that, that Memphis press conference, he said he was hoping, because of all the things going on, he was hoping to get in all 15 practices. Did that strike you as odd? No, not at all, because he had already said that. Imagine if they'd have played in the Las Vegas Bowl, oh, yeah. how many practices yeah. they would have got in. I mean, they would have got in like five practices maybe, or maybe less. So that's what I meant in my statement a little earlier was um, they used to like talk about, oh, this is another spring practice, this is 15 practice. No, Arkansas is not going to get in 15. I think they're going to get in somewhere around 10 or 12. <laughs> so we're talking about 66% of the practices they could have gotten in or, you know, 75%. So um, it's just a different world now uh, where – they have to really focus in on what the game plan is when they are practicing. Um, and people don't overextend or get super physical anymore uh, for risk of injury. It's just a different world of college football now where you try to expose the players to less of the you know hard physical tackling and stuff like that and staying on your feet during practice. It's, it's a different deal. Yeah, I wonder how many scholarship players are even available for this game. When you think about injuries – portal guys, and guys sitting out going to the NFL. I mean, they may be, yeah. I don't know what the number is. Yeah, absolutely, Wes. And, and I mean, I'm, I don't know what the total is, because if you were trying to tally it up, well, then Trey Knox changed that number the mm-hmm. other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we'll get a better read on the roster. Like, for instance, guys like Matt Landers. I feel like he's going to play. He practiced last week. Um, but, you know, how important is this to him? I hope he wants to play. Same with um, Dwight McLaughlin, the cornerback. He's put up he's put up some pretty good film this year. We haven't heard anything. Is, is he going to declare early? Is he going to play in the bowl? I, I'd like to think he will, but it, I think it's a it's a lost cause trying to count the numbers until you know we get a little bit closer. Uh, but hopefully, we get a good read here in just a few minutes from Sam Pittman. Sounds good. We'll be watching the feed on the old uh, tweet machine. Tom, thank you, my friend. Have a good weekend, and we will uh, catch up on a new day next week. We'll figure out what, what's going to work. We're off next Friday, so I'll give you a heads up. We'll, we'll work it out in the uh, interim. But uh, have a good weekend, and uh, appreciate you today. You bet, man. Sounds good, guys. I always enjoy it. Have a, have a happy Christmas to everybody. Same here. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Tom.